had his faith once again. And that is such an important thing to remember, especially during these times of us being at home and isolated. And, you know, this week's tour portion kind of deals a little bit with that, with the isolation and not doing what God is calling us to do. And we see during this weekly Torah portion, after Aaron and his sons have been anointed, that they decide to do something their own way. They go and try to bring fire to the Lord, but they didn't do it God's way. And that's what's so important to realize is we can't just do things our way. we got to do things God's way. And we know that they get struck down, but Aaron didn't lose faith in God. And that's an important part of this. Even during trying times, our love for God needs to never fail. We know we're going to get through these times, and it's the Lord that's going to get us through it. You know, I was very concerned that the other day I heard Governor Como from New York make the comment that it was man, not God, who got us through this. And let me tell you, that is 100% wrong. God got us through it. Fortunately, there was men and women that were able to help, but it's the, the power of God that gets us through these trying times. And we can never forget that. We can never try to sidestep it. You know, this week's tour portion, when you look at it, tells us some unique stories. The renewed covenant gives us in Acts chapter 5, tells us the story of the husband and wife that come to Peter. They had sold uh, they had sold the land and they decided to keep some of the money for themselves and we know what happens in the story if you don't know it's very simple they came before him and the spirit told the disciple that they were taking keeping money for themselves and when he revealed that to the man it says that the man literally died there right on the spot Three hours later, his wife comes in, and he asks her, is this the amount that you were given? And again, she herself lies too, and he warns her what just happened afterwards, and she is immediately stricken and dies. Those are sad stories in this week's Torah portion. But it also reminds us that we can't lie to God. We can't think that God doesn't see what's going on. God knows the truth, and it's the truth that will set us free. Not getting caught up into the the bondage of what's going on in the world, but we need to keep that faith and walk with God. You know, we've been blessed that we haven't had anyone that I know of in the congregation come up with the virus so far, and that is a real blessing. But we know we're going to get through this with God's protection. One of my favorite part of the scriptures, I'm going to ask Judy in a minute to pull it up. Pull up Acts chapter 10, Judy. It's going to start in verse 1. Probably go through the pretty much the whole thing. This is probably one of my favorite of all scriptures. Because it shows the power of God. When we can come to him and believe in him, and have that trust, we will see the world change. Acts chapter 10 is the vision that brings the Gentiles into the body of Messiah. 
TLV is perfect. And the understanding of what is taking place here is so important. Remember, up till this time, all the believers were Jewish. It was the Jewish Messiah. The concept was never there to understand that it was going to be for the Gentiles as well. And then we see this amazing story take place. And as soon as we pull it up, we'll be able to start. There we go. Now, in, in Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Corinth. So this man we know is a Gentile. And yet, we're going to see something take place. It says, he was a devout man, revering God. He was a God-fearer with all his household. So not only did this Gentile see God in this land, but he brought all of his family to the understanding of who the true God is. He gave Sadaka generously to the people and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, so it's the time of the morning prayer, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius, he started, he stared at him in terror. I don't know why every time someone sees an angel of the Lord, they're petrified. I don't think they're, I don't think they're ugly. I just think you're like, oh my Lord, what's going on? There's an angel here, right? And he said to him, what is it, Lord? The angel said to him, your prayers and tzedakah have gone up as a look, as a memorial offering before God. So here's something very interesting. Here is a non-Jewish person who believes in God, who believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just like those righteous Gentiles when they left Egypt. Remember, they're those who followed, that were believers, right? That they worshiped God. And it says that your offering, the prayers and your tzedakah, what you gave as a memorial offering before the Lord. So, in other words, God's recognizing his offering just like a Jewish person equal no difference that's so important to remember in the body of Messiah where Jew and Gentile come together we're equal in the Lord there is not one that is greater or one that is lesser we're equal in the body of Messiah in God's eyes there is no difference now send men to Joppa and call for Simon also known Peter so of course he's Simon's his Hebrew name. Peter is his disciple's name, right? His Greek name. It says, he is being uh, entertained by, as a guest by Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Now, here's an interesting note. I love this. I, you don't understand being entertained by a Tanner would be something very unusual. It really meant that Peter was looking for a place of isolation. Because the one place you didn't want to be is in a tanner's house. Because the smell was so strong that it would overpower you. Matter of fact, the, 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 the rabbi said that tanners were exempt from having to go to the temple because of the smell that was on them. It was also, why was it by the sea? So the wind would blow and the the smell would go to your neighbor's house. What a nice guy, right? But here Simon is in a place of isolation, just like we are today. And yet he's seeking the Lord. 
And that is the key thing. And we see here that God sees him in that place. He knows right where you are right now. And he's there for a reason. We don't know the reason why he's there, but we do see the outcome of it. Let's continue. When the angel speaking to him had left, he called two of his servants and a soldier from among those attached to his command. After he explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as the soldiers were traveling and approaching the city, Peter went up on the rooftop to pray about the sixth hour. Again, Peter, even you know, this is um, after the resurrection, right? He is still doing the normal Jewish prayers. He did not change. He didn't all of a sudden start going to the Baptist church or the Methodist church or the Catholic church. He kept his Jewish identity. And we see him here praying at the ninth hour, at the sixth hour. Now he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while he was there, preparing, uh, while they were preparing to eat, he fell into a trance. He saw heavens opened and something like a great sheet coming down, lowered by its four corners to the earth. In it were all sorts of four-footed animals and reptiles and birds of the air. Now notice something here. All these animals could be potentially uh, clean animals. We don't see here. People think that because the, there, are, there are certain things that you can eat, and I've even asked uh, Hebrew scholars on these words, and they all say these all could be kosher animals, clean animals, I should say. So we see this cloth come down with all types of animals. It doesn't say there's a big pig in the middle, right? It says four-footed animals. Could be a big cow there, right? And the birds of the air. A voice called to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Certainly not, Lord, for never have I eaten anything unholy or unclean. Now here's a key point with that. Does that mean these animals are unholy or unclean? No. He's saying he's never eaten anything unholy or unclean, right? But there's a reason for that. Remember, there's an, you can have a cow, and a cow is a clean animal, right? But what if you shot it with an arrow, and it took hours for the animal to die and the blood to drain out? that clean animal would now become unclean and impure. It says again, a second time he called to him. What God, and, um, with God, again, as a voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean, you must not consider unholy. This happened three times. Now, why is that important? When anytime you see something happen three times in the Scripture, it's something that we need to take note of. This is a, a key point. So it happens three times and was immediately taken up to heaven. Right? Now, let me ask you a question. Did Peter eat of any of those animals? The answer is no. Why not? Was it because they were pigs and all things like that? No. It was a dream. You can't eat dreams, can you? 
So this was not to be taken as a literal sense, but there was a deeper meaning. How do we know this? You don't have to take my word for it. Let's read what the Scripture says. Now, while Peter was puzzled about what the vision, about what the vision he had seen might mean, behold, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house and approached uh, and appeared before the gates. So here, Peter, we see, doesn't even know what the what that scripture meant, right? He didn't know what the vision meant. He was pondering this. He didn't couldn't figure this out. So it wasn't so something as easy as, oh, we can now eat shrimp and ham and everything be okay, right? Since they called out and began asking whether Simon, also known Peter, was staying at this place as a guest. Now, while Peter was mulling over the vision, the rook, the spirit, said to him, Look, there are three men looking for you. But get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation, because I myself have sent them. Going down to the men, Peter said, Here I am, the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? Now listen to how they speak about Cornelius. They don't know what response Peter's going to give them, right? They don't know that Peter was just told to come down. And remember, for a Jewish person, it was against the law for them to go into the house of a Gentile. Not from a um, political point of view, but it was a religious point of view. See, it was the the the, the the issue came is that when Gentiles, they would at that time, they would bury their dead under their house. And we're not allowed to go where dead people are, right? So that would make us unclean. So that's the reason what we see here going on. They know this because they know how Cornelius is in his faith and what he's been teaching. So they have to go and convince Peter to come to the house of a Gentile. So now, understanding that, let's see what it says. And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, listen what up, a righteous and God-fearing man, well-spoken by all the Jewish people, was directed by the holy angel and summoned you to his house and to hear a message from you. So what do they do? They first kind of almost... I call it buttering them up, right? They make them sound, you know, here, we're not just coming to ask you about some schmo on the street. Here's a righteous God-fearing man that God's spirit spoke to him that you to come to his house and share a message. Of course, they didn't know the other half of the story. And that's what the amazing thing with our God is, is guess what? If he tells us one thing, he's going to tell the other person as well. And so we're going to see how that takes place so that all that God has in store for us will fall into order. So Peter invited them in to be his guest. The next day he got up and went with them. And listen to what it also says. And some of the brothers of Joppa accompanied him. So we have Jewish people here and Gentiles going back, Jewish believers going back with him. Let's keep going. And as Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell to his feet and worshipped him. 
But Peter pulled him up and says, stand up. I, too, am just a man. And that's truly what we have to remember is all of us are men. We don't bow down to one another. We only bow down to Yeshua and the King of kings and Lord of lords. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found many people gathered. He said to them, you yourselves know that it is not permitted for a Jewish man to associate with a non-Jew or to visit him. Again, this again is not a, was not a law in the sense it was a spiritual law because of the situation, right? So Peter, again, is overcoming the objection that why he's there, why is he doing something that the, the rabbis would have told him not to do? Yet God has shown me that I should call no one unholy or unclean. That's the whole purpose of this story. It has nothing to do with food. If you think it has to do with food, you've missed the whole purpose of this. Remember back then, the Jews and the Gentiles stayed away from each other. They were separated. But God is bringing them together and and, and showing the Jewish people, which is really the group that needed to see it first, that we can accept the Gentiles into the body. If you read on to chapter 11, it even goes on to that with, with the situation when uh, Peter goes to Jerusalem. And um, James, the half-brother of Yeshua, says to him, look at all these uh, Jewish believers and they're zealot for the Torah, right? Showing them that, hey, this is a Jewish thing. What are you doing? But God had a different in fact, when he tells them that and he shows them that God did it, it said they immediately became quiet and became rejoicing because they knew this truly was from the Lord. So as it goes on to say, and, um, so I came without objection, and when I was sent uh, for, I asked that, I'm sorry, so I came without objection. When I was sent for, I asked then what is the reason why you sent for me? Cornelius declared, four days ago at this hour, so we know it's the ninth hour, the time of the morning prayer, I was praying the what? The Mishnah, right? The Mikha. In my house, suddenly a man stood in front of me. It wasn't a man, it was an angel, right? In his shining clothes. He asked Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your sadaka remember before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is also known Peter. He's staying at the house of Simon, the tanner by the sea. Next. So, I sent for him immediately, and uh, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, we are all here before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, I truly understand that God is not one to show what? Favoritism. Right? He is not to, he's not there to, to pick Jew over Gentile. But in every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right is what? Acceptable to him. 
God wants you just the way you are. You don't have to become Jewish to, to accept Him. You, you, what you do have to do is follow Him. Follow His Word. Obey His commandments. Just because you keep kosher doesn't make you Jewish. It just makes you a lot healthier eating, right? You, you can be a Gentile and keep kosher. We need the Gentiles to show the Jewish people that God is God so that the Jewish people can show the Gentiles that God has come for them. So it's a win-win situation. It says, you know the message he sent to Ben Israel, the children of Israel, proclaiming shalom through Messiah Yeshua. He is the Lord of what? All. You know the message that has spread throughout all Judea, beginning from the Galilee after the immersion of Yochanan proclaimed, after John proclaimed. You know how God anointed Yeshua of Nazareth with the Ruch HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and, and, the, and the power he went... And the, I'm going to have to read over here for a second. I'm getting a glare. And the power he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was what? With him. You are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea, the countryside, and in Jerusalem. They put him to death, hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and caused him to be visible. Visible. Not to all the people, but to us, the witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, and we ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to proclaim the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge over the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that everyone who puts his trust in him receives what? Forgiveness of sin through his name. So we see him as the ultimate offering, the ultimate sacrifice through our Messiah. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Ruch HaKodesh fell on all those hearing the message. This is a key thing to pay attention here. All the circumcised believers, so what's that? That's the Jewish believers, right? who came with Peter were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. This is something that never happened before. Or if it did, it happened at the time of Exodus, and none of these people were around then to ever see that. This is something absolutely amazing taking place. So they see the Spirit fall upon the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and magnifying God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone refuse water for these to be immersed, who have received the Ruch HaKodesh just as we did? In other words, the, the water immersion, the mikvah, is the water cleansing. It was an outward sign of your acceptance of Yeshua. Jewish people would do it all the time. They would go in during the woman's monthly cycle, uh, before you were getting married, special occasions, before you went into the, the temple, you would be mikvahed. 
It was a spiritual cleansing. And that was the last thing that they see as a sign for them to be brought in. As Gentiles, not as Jews, they didn't have to convert. They were Gentiles and they were accepted just as they were. So he commanded them to be immersed in the name of the Messiah Yeshua. Then they asked him to stay for a few days. And so we see here a beautiful story take place. A promise that was made. In a sense, it was a a freedom taking place. The Gentiles were isolated from God. Sure, many of them had gods that they, fake gods that they worshipped. But they didn't have the chance to worship the true and living God. But through his son Yeshua, he has brought us all together. You know, the slogan for our, our congregation is where Jew and Gentile worship together. It's educating the lost. It's reaching the lost and educating the found. We need to do that. Not only do we need to reach for those who are unsaved, but then those that are saved still need to be taught. The Ruch HaKodesh needs to be able to grow inside of you. You need to be able to learn and understand the commandments. Be like Cornelius, that righteous Gentile who understood what happened and feared God. Because that's what got him through the situation. God will get us through what's going on in the world. We'll come out a better person. We have to have faith and trust not in man, but in God. Because God can raise the dead. God can heal. God can restore. And I believe he will restore once this time is over. You know, as a congregation, we've been blessed for many years. We were one of the first congregations to to live stream. While we weren't the first, we were right up there, but we were one of the first ones to have multiple cameras. So you didn't just have to see one picture the whole time. And I'm so glad that God had prepared us even back then so that when these times of trouble happen, we can still go and proclaim the word of God without missing a beat. I thank you all for what you've done over the years. For our video people that have worked tirelessly to keep this going. And it's an important time because now the message of the Lord is being heard throughout the land. If you're out there, maybe you're listening for the first time or you've watched a couple and you want to have that experience that those had in the house of Cornelius. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Gentile. Our God came for everybody. And he gave us his son Yeshua to atone for our sins so that we may be with him now and forever. If that's you, all you need to do say a simple prayer. We're going to say one in a minute. And after we've done that, there's information on your screen. Wherever you are around the world, you can contact us and let us know. And we will call you and pray with you that prayer of salvation. But we're going to do it right now as well.
Just repeat after me. Abba, Father, I have sinned against you. I ask Yeshua into my heart. Lord, I want your Holy Spirit to guide me. I believe Yeshua died and rose again. And because he lives, I can live. Thank you, Lord. Make me a new creature through your son, Yeshua. And we all said, Amen. It says, the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. And we're rejoicing with you in that decision that you just made. God has made you a new creature. Forget about your past and focus on your future. We ask this in our son, in our in Yeshua's name. We all say, Amen.